Hi, I'm Sydney. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to The Normal People Podcast. and welcome back to the normal people podcast we're so excited that you have joined us for our sixth episode we are halfway through and so excited it's crazy to think that we only like we're so far in we're at the halfway point i can't believe it things are definitely heating up this week's episode uh left us on a bit of a cliffhanger Hi everyone, this is future Sydney inserting herself into this clip. Um, I just want to say that we completely forgot to discuss the Paul Mescal Rolling Stone video, Scarlet. Um, We have seen it and we love it. We're literally obsessed. Overall, an amazing first music video performance from Paul Mescal, but did we expect anything different? Okay, back into the podcast. So this episode starts with Marianne hunched over the sink with broken glass. She's crying. We know something bad has happened, but we don't know what has happened. And it's kind of like we start off with a cliffhanger and end with the same cliffhanger. Yeah, I would definitely say I was almost like a little bit, a little bit confused yeah, I was at first. I think it's because right. it's the first time they've started off an episode like this where we didn't know what was happening, kind of. No, exactly, because from the last episode, they have hooked up, mm-hmm. um, but we don't really know where what that means for them, where mm-hmm. that has led them, and then we see the, the way this episode starts, so clearly we know something is, has happened. This, this intro kind of leaves us on, like, edge a little bit. Because we know that something mm-hmm. bad is going to happen. like, And we were kind of so, like, happy after last week's episode. Like, oh, my gosh, they're finally together again. And now we're, like, we're left at the beginning of this, like, wondering what the heck happened. You guys were together. Exactly. And, like, me out at the beginning. Like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And after this whole episode, we still don't really know what happened. Mm-hmm. But then it switches. Like, on a dime, the lighting changes. The music yeah. changes. And we have this happy scene between Connell and Marianne and they're in the kitchen. And this mm-hmm. is six weeks before the opening scene. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's much happier. It's a very stark transition. And you kind of, you're on edge from this, this prior scene, yet you kind of do slip into this, oh, like we're back in happy land. And you do start to kind of forget about the obvious impending doom definitely yeah i'd say until we get to the scene where marianne's back at her house i had kind of like forgotten about the beginning scene right and it just the episode this show is so good at messing with like viewers emotions Mm -hmm. it's like it makes you so sad and then so stressed and then so happy. And then you're on this like cloud. You're like, nothing, their relationship is perfect. Nothing bad is going to happen. And then something bad happens again. Mm -hmm. But you do like, it also is a show with like progression. If they were just always happy, would you have a show? 
Yeah, exactly. In this happy scene, just <laughs> just to mention it, what we're talking about, so pretty much they're in the kitchen together. They're like smiling and Marianne is asking Condal to stay longer. And he's like, I can't, blah, blah, blah. He's class and everything. But then Marianne asks Connell if Niall is his best friend. And Connell looks at her and he goes, no. And then he stands up and he's like, you are. And then they kiss and it's really, really cute. I think that's one of the cutest scenes between the two of them. It's so genuine and like not like physical. It's actually like an emotional connection they have in the scene. And it really shows, shows their chemistry as well. Yeah. Okay, so moving along, Lorraine is back again. Finally, we love Lorraine and her commentary. And of course, she comes in with one of her like classic Lorraine lines, which is one of the best lines of the whole show. She was like kind of chastising Connell about just like previously how he had treated Marianne. And Connell says to her, how would you feel if I kept on going on about the stupid teenage mistakes you made? And then Lorraine <laughs> says, sweetheart, you were the stupid teenage mistake I made. And that made me smile. And I think that kind of gives a little bit more background on Connell and his mom, because we can tell she's kind of young, especially compared to mm-hmm. Marianne's own mother. So it kind of like fills in a little bit of a gap that we haven't. Um, yeah, they didn't really talk about hmm. the book definitely elaborates more on Connell's family. Then next we transition to Peggy, Connell and Marianne in like the living room. And Peggy just calls them out kind of on their BS as like not being a couple, but clearly having sex. And I I thought this was so hilarious because I think it's been kind of like an elephant in the room for everyone they've been hanging out with. And she kind of does it like very blunt, but I was kind of happy she did it. You know what I mean? I don't think she did it to like call them out though. I really think she did it just to like stir the pot. Like she likes causing like disturbances to like bring herself her own entertainment that's true yeah I'm sure she finds it very entertaining yeah I think Peggy has her own like serious set of issues um and I think it's pretty obvious when she does stuff like this Peggy then asks Marianne and Connell if they would like to have a threesome you can tell that awkward scene such an awkward scene but you can clearly tell that Connell is so, like, uncomfortable by this. You can definitely see um, Marianne and Connell's very, like, strong, like, unspoken communication they have between the two of them. They might not be the best always at, like, verbally communicating themselves, but I would say their unspoken communication is quite strong between the two of them, and it, it is quite obvious in this scene. Um, they have like this eye contact between them and you can just tell that Marianne is, is reading the stress, uh, yeah. the stress from Connell. Yeah. Cause he clearly doesn't know what to say or do. Definitely. And you can see like, he really is having, he can't, he clearly wants to say no, but yeah. he really like, he does not know how yeah. to say no. And I wonder if part of it is he doesn't want to be like, confrontational because mm-hmm. that could like paint him in a certain light but yeah. he's really like stumbling over his words and mm-hmm. he's looking <laughs> to Miriam for help and then Miriam yeah. steps in and I I wrote here I, she sees he's drowning and I really think it was like 
he really was like drowning within his own like insecurity kind of thing. And uh, Marianne says, I'm much too self-conscious. I die. Then Peggy asks why. And Marianne says that she doesn't find herself appealing. And you thought that it was showing her insecurities again. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I think this is a very prominent scene where Marianne once again talks about her insecurities, except this time it's more than just little hints of it with Connell. Like when she talks about Rachel or Teresa, this time she's actually speaking truly about how insecure she feels about not being appealing. And I think... Some of it can come from the way Connell treated her, but also just from her past with her family. She doesn't think she's worthy of anything. And I think this is the first time she's really truly spoken about it because, like I said, she kind of like hints, like we can see she's insecure when she's talking about Rachel, but she's never said, hey, I'm insecure. And that's Peggy really brings this out in her in this scene. Yeah, definitely. I would say like as viewers, we can see her like embodiment of insecurity, yet Um, This is the first time she's really vocalized. Um, Mm -hmm. She's vocalized that. But she says it in a way that kind of brushes it off. Like, she doesn't want to, like, go in depth. But then, like, Peggy, I think, really, once again, trying to just stir the pot and crawl into other people's business, she tries to, like, dig further and says, well, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. And suddenly, like, Marianne really has to, like, get deep and actually talk about, like, why she feels unappealing. And her face just, like, drops for a moment. And you can see her get anxious and panicky a bit the same way that um, Connell did earlier. You can see she's kind of uncomfortable speaking about, like, these true feelings of feeling unlovable. She pretty much says that she feels unlovable. I think it's especially hard for her to say that in front of Connell. Well, I think, yeah, it's just it's just this level of communication that they've, they've kind of avoided. Mm-hmm. And... Her saying this in front of Connell, I think she struggles with, like, I think if Connell wasn't there, she would have been able to say it. And especially because she says, like, I feel unlovable. And then as, so her, like, Connell and her are looking at each other. And then as soon as she says that, his eyes drop and her Mm -hmm. tone, so, like, she was getting deep and then his eyes drop and then her tone immediately changes. And then she's kind of more, like, upbeat again. Um, Yeah just trying to like brush away the situation she's like well I'm just quite cold kind of thing and then she makes like jokes about being cold yeah exactly and once again I don't know if Connell was I think Connell in that moment was kind of thinking back to what he did to her like I think that's why he can't like really look at her because he feels guilty once again And, and I don't think that was the aim of Marianne at all like that's not what her goal was but it kind of just makes a very uncomfortable situation and like you said they, they're actually communicating in a way they haven't done yet. Yeah, I wonder if in a way as well, I think partly as we see within this next scene, mm-hmm. he still, I think, contributes to her feeling of being unlovable because of his own issues. Yeah. So I think maybe he still feels shameful of potentially like contributing to those feelings. It's not just like something of the past, mm-hmm. but yeah, something that might be like ongoing for him. Yeah, then they transition to Connell and Marianne talking about basically what just happened and him kind of like thanking her for saving him because he like literally couldn't say no to Peggy kind of thing. He didn't know what to do. Yeah, he says like he physically could not bring himself to say no. Yeah. It's like so Connell. (laughs) 
But um, when Marianne and Connell talk about the threesome, Marianne says she would do it for him. And I think that goes back to her always doing things for him because she thinks it will make him happy. But she's not really thinking of what would make her happy in these instances. Like when she kept their relationship a secret in high school, like that was something he wanted and she did it freely. And I think if he had wanted to do this threesome, she would have done it and not even thought about how it would have affected her kind of thing. Yeah, just to go over the lines of what they say exactly. So he says, you saved me there. I literally physically could not do that. And Marianne said, I'd have done it if you wanted to. And Connell says, you shouldn't do what you don't want to do. And Marianne says, no, I didn't mean that. It's more that if you had wanted to, I'd have enjoyed you wanting to. And um, I think we can see this kind of powery dynamic in this situation where she kind of, she gets happy from just seeing him happy kind of thing, no matter what that is. And she really is within his his power in a lot of ways. And I think she enjoys, enjoys being within his power and feeling so just like lost within him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she kind of loses herself yet, like finds herself within him. Yeah. Um, I think it's because it's someone that she's, it's kind of like the first person she's cared for and had someone care for her. Cause I don't think she's had that relationship at all. And exactly. Past. And she says, I like doing things for you. Just exactly. That's what you, you said. And then he interrupts her and, um, he says, you can't do things that you don't want to do or, uh, or things you don't enjoy just to make me happy. And then Marianne says, but I like making you happy. You can see once again, this, this power dynamic between them flips again. And you can see the stress that builds up within him and this kind of anxiety And she makes him so uncomfortable and puts him kind of on the spot, which he really does not, he does not enjoy. Yeah, he literally like almost is brought into like a full panic attack from, from her expressing her Mm -hmm. like full thoughts and emotions about the way she feels towards him. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like you said, I think even, even with Marianne, he's too self-conscious and too anxious to tell anyone about how he really feels because mm-hmm. in the last scene we saw Marianne open up but I don't think we've seen Connell open up about anything we can kind of infer about what he's feeling but other than little comments like I couldn't physically bring myself to say this or hiding emotions and stuff that we'll see later um he doesn't really talk about it at all and I think that's really the problem with Connell is that he doesn't talk about it enough and kind of just like builds up within him and we can clearly see that this has been weighing on him because he wakes up the next morning and Mm -hmm. the first thing he does is like wake up Marianne to try and explain what what happened um and he starts off by telling her that she knows, like to make sure that she knows he loves her. And I think he does this because I think he wants her to know that his own issues are like his own issues and are not, should not be taken as like a misconception for how he feels about her. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, he needs to like reassure her, I think. But then he tries to, to communicate actually what happened yet I don't 
he can't really. He seems to struggle. And I think that's because he himself doesn't really know how he feels because he hasn't really spoken to anyone about it and he's just internalized all these feelings, which has made it worse because, and I think he, he has kept everything with inside himself because he doesn't want to look like quote unquote crazy or anything because he's so fearful of what people think. Yeah, it definitely. And I think in, although like Marianne's the one that kind of stops him from talking, probably because she doesn't realize he's trying to talk to her because he never talks in the past. He always kind of chickens out. And so it's kind of like every time he tries to communicate, something stops him, whether it's himself or someone else. And I think that's the problem because he finally builds himself up to actually talk. And it, it's kind of, it'd be kind of interesting to see if had Marianne not stopped him, if he would have actually communicated with her and said something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think this also just goes to show, like we've talked about how the communication on the show is not great in many ways, like the verbal communication. Mm -hmm. And I do think a lot of their communication um, has been replaced by sex. Yes, Um, definitely. And I think that's why they're like physical communication, like unspoken communication is so strong because they have such an awareness, a physical awareness of each other. Um, Yet, they do they do need to actually work on that that vocal communication in in order to ensure the prosperity of their relationship because as we know like no relationship can thrive without any like actual clear communication after they have a steamy little quick session um we kind of go back to how connell just represses everything and he literally says that like in the scene they're kind of joking but i feel like there's some underlining truth to it um, he says, you just have to repress all that stuff, Marianne. That's what I do anyway. And that kind of tells us that he always pushes his emotions back and he always doesn't like confront them on his own, regardless of confronting them with others. Yeah. It's like that thing people say, how like, there's always a little bit of like truth within a joke kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you definitely, um, spotted that out. And then it kind of like, I don't know. I thought this was a little odd for them. When Connell, Connell asks Marianne if she would ever want to send him a photo. Before he says something about a photo, he kind of like talks very slowly. And I, both of us thought, I think, that he was going to ask her on a date. So then they'd be like officially boyfriend and girlfriend. They're like, Literally, oh both times <laughs> I have watched this show. I, I get deceived every single time. And I'm like, oh, he's going to ask her. No, I've literally, yeah, forgot. He asks her for a photo and I thought, I don't know. I just thought that was very odd because they literally do it all the time. So what do you need a photo for? You know what I mean? It was just kind of out of place, I feel, within their relationship. I know. And I just thought it was, it would have been perfect, I think, if he would have asked her out on the date because that would have made sense. Like Peggy made those comments about them like not being an actual couple, blah, blah, blah. And then they have, the good sex and they are all happy and then you think that yeah he was gonna ask her no it would have been the right time and they would have been kind of addressing what peggy said that yeah hey i need to take our relationship one step further unfortunately something that does bring up um the large part of conflict in the rest of this episode is that connell has lost his job for the summer this is quite problematic because as we know 
he does not come from a lot of money and he relies on his job to like pay his rent and stuff. So Connell and Niall are talking. Niall pretty much tries to convince him to stay with Marianne for the summer. And like he says, he'll sublet um, Connell's room uh, for the summer. And like logically, this seems like it makes the most sense. And this makes perfect sense to Niall as well. And I think Niall in many ways, like sees the world like very clearly like I don't think Niall like himself personally has like a lot of like internalized issues I think like he's a very like matter-of-fact person kind of thing and just goes with like the flow of life I don't think he's like a very like stressed up like pent-up person so he I don't he really has a hard time wrapping his brain around why Connell like will not ask Marianne um, to stay with her, given it's so, like, blatantly obvious that that's yeah. what you do. You kind of see Con- Niall's um, frustration with Connell very much in this scene. Like, you spend all your time there anyways. You guys are practically dating. Why not? It's two months. And I actually thought when I first watched this scene that this was where the six weeks was beginning, that mm. them living together, this was what was going to cause the conflict. Mm. I guess I was wrong. But, well, I think uh, also in a lot of ways, too, like Niall's annoyance, kind of like the annoyance of the audience. Like, yeah, he's definitely viewers, yeah, definitely. So then we move on to Marianne visiting her um, family for her mother's birthday. And it starts off, um, it looks like very tense, kind of like a very formal kind of family gathering. It's She's got her aunt and uncle there. Her grandparents are there, too, I believe. And her brother's there. Ugh, Alan. Um, but we start off with them talking about Marianne's grades and how well she's doing. And you can see that um, the rest of the family is, like, really proud and excited for Marianne. But her mom looks very uncomfortable as they're talking about it. And Alan just looks, like, very angry, like, hate like on super tense kind of pissed yeah. and very agitated i think that's the best way to describe it just yeah, like exactly yeah. and like the more agitated he gets the more uncomfortable um marianne's mother gets yeah definitely moving along marianne is washing the dishes and alan comes up to her and he's i think very clearly trying to kind of like start something with her he's like taking his anger and his like feelings of shame out on her yeah and she kind of just ignores it mm-hmm. and just like, yeah, you're right yeah definitely and um so pretty much he says very good of you to come home and regale us all with stories of your achievements in the big city banging on about your exams and your essays and your fucking top of the class over mom's birthday meal we can really see that marianne is like really laying low kind of thing as yeah. you said like she's just trying to just you know keep the waters yeah Yeah. trying to like avoid the conflict um and i this is very much similar to how she did when she was younger back in school um Mm -hmm. and i think yeah it was really like quite quite shocking and stark to see just how bad her life really was especially once like removed from her home life and like being in trinity and like how how yeah. her life was to see her back in this situation, like that comparison yeah. Um, yeah. that made you go like, holy shit, this is really fucking terrible. Like she isn't an abusive, like she's yeah. not just in a bad family, 
She's like in an abusive family. Especially when the mom doesn't do anything. She just goes after the brother after he pours the soap on her. Yeah. So I hit. Yeah. And abuse as well. Definitely. And um, so Marianne though says like, I didn't bring it up as you said, like she's just trying to like brush him off. And he says, are you joking? You couldn't shut up about it. And Marianne just ignores him because once again, she's she's been through this and she's just trying to like get through it. And he goes, do you think you're smarter than me? And once again, she just continues to ignore him, just trying to let it blow over. And then Alan says, can you hear me? And then in this moment, like, she knows she can't avoid it anymore. And, like, something clips within her. And she's just like, you can tell she's so frustrated. And she goes, I don't know. I've never thought about which one of us is smarter. And then Alan says, bullshit. And she says, okay. Then Alan says, okay, you do think you're smarter than me. And then Marianne snaps. Like, Marianne snaps. Very sharp tongue. Marianne comes out and she says, sure, whatever you say, I'm the smart one and you're the hopeless fuck up. Mm-hmm. And I think also, this is kind of the first time that we've seen, we've seen her, um, like, lash out towards yeah. her, her brother and her family. And I think in a large way as well, like, she keeps her mouth shut because she knows she's so, like, sharp tongue and she'll, like, go right for the jugular kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She like has to keep herself quiet in in order to keep like harmony or as har- harmonious as that family can be, kind of thing. Because yeah. if she was constantly opening her mouth, she would just be like screwed. And it's more than just the average person because she is so like intelligent. What she says like really does sting, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Where was I? Um, and I think kind of her new university life and her new friends that really hype her up all the time has kind of given her a newfound confidence to make her feel like, hey, I can't be treated this way. Because um, in the last episode, she makes the comment how embarrassed she was that Connell had that she had let Connell treat her that way. And I don't think she wants her brother to continue to treat her that way either. And yeah, then Alan, as you were saying, he squeezes the sponge over her head and storms out. And we can see Marianne's mom has watched the whole thing and has done nothing. And um, just a, a little difference. In the book, he actually spits on her. That's a big difference to me. It, it is a big difference. Yeah. Well, it's anything, you're, you're literally worth nothing. Yeah. And the, the sponge, the water with the sponge, like I could see that being like more of a more regular kind of not regular family yeah. argument but that's more not common mm-hmm. I know what you're saying it's not common but it's something that maybe a I little healthier like yeah. yeah like not as abusive yeah. you know like it would be definitely like an escalated fight 100 percent. but like you could come back from it kind of mm-hmm. thing you know like you can't come back from spitting on someone or I hope you don't Ellie. <laughs> yeah. and yeah Marianne is definitely like wrecked emotionally from this as as we can see so although she kind of had built up a confidence to kind of lash out and stand up to her brother I think the moment where he throws water slash spits on her whatever medium you're looking at and the mom not doing anything about it kind of like takes away all that confidence and just wrecks her down emotionally completely um because then we transition to Marianne taking a photo of a naked photo of herself and I think we just see how broken and insecure uh, she is once again and she's just like the tears running down her face it's so heartbreaking I think she's definitely looking for comfort through taking that photo like 
oh, Connell, I know Connell likes me and my body, so maybe I can find some more confidence through him. But she doesn't actually send the photo, which I think was a good decision. Um, And then we transition to um, Denise, Marianne's mother, and Marianne in the car. And they have, like, a bit of a confrontation about Alan. And I think this conversation... um, has happened and hasn't really happened in the past once again because Marianne realizes like how she's supposed to be treated as a human being now kind yeah. of thing because of school and she has that more confidence that she's able to bring this up with her mother and feel justified for doing so you know and in their discussion we can clearly see that um, Denise is really like in over her head with her whole family situation, she clearly, like, has her own personal issues, definitely. Like, as we know, she was in an abusive marriage and everything. So she probably has, like, her own trauma and everything. We see she doesn't know how to handle the Alan situation because just as her husband was abusive, so so is her son. So probably in many ways she's used to kind of being, like, timid around her yeah. husband and she's probably in that same way carrying that behavior to her son as well. Mm-hmm. And... We can also that she definitely loves both of her children very much because she wants Marianne to come back home before the summer vacation. And she says she has the exams and she can't. And you can see the mom like is disappointed. Yeah. And um, but we do know that in all these fights that um, Marianne and Alan have or when Alan just treats her really poorly, um, Denise never really stands up for for Marianne. And I think in in many ways, and she says it, it's because she feels that Marianne can can go out, she can change her own life, whereas both her and Alan collectively are really both kind of stuck in Sligo, and so they're kind of more more of a pair kind of thing. And yeah. I think that also, that pairing also, as I said earlier, I think Marianne had a closer relationship with her father in many ways, because this is just my own assumption, because I don't think that the dad hit her, but I have a feeling that the dad hit both um, Denise and the brother. Mm-hmm. So I think in many ways as well, Denise not only feels guilty for allowing that to happen to her son, but maybe mm-hmm. they both, Denise and Alan, feel content against Mar- or towards Marianne um, because she, she did not get uh, yeah. hit. It's a no good situation and nothing she does is going to fix anything. Um, and whether, like she said, what she's supposed to do, kick Alan out, make him go get his own life because that's not going to help him or his relationship with herself and her daughter. And um, I think maybe she's a little afraid of Alan just for his similarity in aggression like his father, we're assuming. Mm-hmm. Um. And she doesn't really know what to do. And I think she lets Marianne do her own thing and doesn't really stick up for Marianne because she knows she's going to be fine in the long run. And I think that's kind of hurt Marianne in a lot of ways growing up. And it's just a goodbye. No, I love you. No, see you next time. Just bye. So then we transition to Connell and Marianne watching TV together on the laptop. And Marianne kind of breaks down crime because she's probably thinking back to this past weekend that she's had with her family and how it hasn't gone well. And I didn't appreciate how Connell just immediately 
got up to go make her tea. And yeah, it's nice that he's making her tea, but he doesn't ask her what's wrong, doesn't ask her if she wants to talk. It's just another example of how there's no communication between the two of them. And yeah, I think if, not that Connell doesn't care about her, but if he sees she's crying, he needs to put a little more effort in and make sure that she's okay. Yeah, I definitely see. I mean, it was a bit like, although he asked her, it just did seem like like kind of an easy... Yeah, you okay? I'm gonna go make you some tea. Yeah. I don't know. I'd want a little more than that. So the next scene we see is Connell... So basically, Connell has submitted a writing piece uh, to some like literary magazine, I think. And his writing piece gets rejected. And the email that he, he got back, or he's received, the rejection letter um, he's received uh, says, we felt it lacked confidence in the clear voice. Mm-hmm. And I think in many ways, this is Connell's own personal anxieties that are beginning to creep in and affecting his own writing um, mm-hmm. because he is unable to kind of develop as a person because of these anxieties that are building up. And therefore this is also, um, yeah. and therefore he is also unable to develop as a writer as well. Yeah. And I think once again, I, ca- I was kind of disappointed that he didn't turn to Marion's like tell her that he didn't get it. Because I think she would have boosted his confidence and say, hey, there's more. It's not just this one. Mm-hmm. You're a good writer. Yeah. Don't misjudge what this one person has to say. Well, it's uh, just that I, constant theme of him not saying anything and it getting I, worse and worse and piling up and piling up and piling up. Definitely. Because, yeah, he keeps it to himself and then he feels like he has to keep the next thing to himself and the next thing to him, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's put himself in a sticky, not a sticky situation, but like a bad deep dark situation kind of thing and it's probably only going to get worse so moving along another great line this episode and honestly once again and like the whole entirety of the show um is a line joanna um throws out and Mm -hmm. it does play into that like theme of like feminism and kind of like gender context roles um, that normal people has played off of. Okay, so the line starts with Jamie, and he says, you're just being politically correct for the sake of it. And then Joanna says, oh my God, why is it always people that look and sound exactly like you that say shit like that? And I just Mm -hmm. thought that was really funny. And also just like as well plays into like current themes of our society, like especially at this moment. Yeah, definitely. As they're all talking later, um, Jamie puts his hand on Marianne's leg as he cuts her off from what she was saying. And he kind of just like So rude, it. by the way. He literally just like, ah. he's like, stop talking. <laughs> he like kind of puts his hand on her knee kind of like to shut her up as he interrupts her. And he kind of, and he leaves it there. And Marianne doesn't, it doesn't, she doesn't think anything of it, which surprised me. She doesn't make a face. She doesn't look at the hand. I know. I don't know if it's like common for him to do that and she's just like used to it or she's just used to like people in general treating yeah I think yeah because she's probably as well like has such like low like value for herself that she probably doesn't even notice when people treat her like disrespectfully you know exactly and first of all I hate Jamie so I hate that that happened so (laughs) so gross I know and um but it clearly very much bothers Connell and I thought Mm -hmm. that it was so hypocritical hypocritical because 
he doesn't like other people touching her, but he doesn't touch her ever in public. Then it, this kind of leads to Connell and Marianne's first, like, almost argument. And it's the first time they're actually communicating about this problem. But the uh, issue is, so, yeah, so basically Connell, yeah, like, storms out of the room, kind of, well, not storms, yeah. but he walks out, and then Marianne follows him because she can clearly tell something's wrong. Yeah. And, yeah, they're arguing um, <laughs> over this, this situation. Uh Yet they're doing it in anger. So, like, although it's communication, it's not effective communication. Yeah. And it's like you want to shake them and just be like, you know, communication, not that hard, not that hard. Just like here's the basics. You're kind of doing it. Just don't scream at each other right now because you're not going to actually listen to each other. Um, so then Connell, Connell uh, says, "Why does he always do that? The lads you hang out with, they always have their fucking hands all over you." And Marianne says, oh, to play, to, uh, to support what you were saying, Marianne says, oh, right, you don't want to touch me, but you get to dictate who else does. And then Connell says, I touch you. And Marianne says, yeah, as long as there's about six closed doors between us and another person who might fucking witness you demonstrating some level of affection towards me. And then Connell says, grand. And then, yeah, it's kind of the end of their argument. You can tell there's, like, a lot of, like, animosity and tension between them in that moment. So the next morning, so Connell does stay over um, even after their fight. And uh, the next morning, he seems on edge. And I think, like, there's multiple different reasons for kind of his his tenseness. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that he's lost his job when he hasn't told Marianne yeah. The argument they had over Jamie and, like, all the other guys and, like, the physical touching and all that, the physicality between them, the public physicality. And then, uh, as well, the fact that he hasn't asked Marianne if he can stay there and he wants to, but he can't. Well, it feels like he can't. And then, lastly, the fact that he hasn't gotten published, I think, is really eating away at him. And, yeah. once again, he hasn't told anyone about that. So, like, obviously, we could tell there's a constant theme here. A lot of this has to do with him once again, keeping it all bottled up and not telling anyone, most mm-hmm. specifically Marianne. And um, then Marianne says to him something about becoming a, uh, a famous author one day. Uh, and adds to it. She's unknowingly like rubbing it in his face, like rubbing his failure in his face, um, even though he hasn't told her kind of thing, which like obviously makes him feel even worse about himself. As we know, yeah. he has like a very... He's very fragile, kind of. I think all these things and then him showing affection, which we'll talk about soon, kind of, I think they're going to all culminate to a breaking point for Connell and Mm -hmm. he's going to have a little burst out. And I think that's what's going to lead to the end of this episode, beginning of next episode. And we'll find out what that is. But I think, I think it is going to start with Connell having like a little lash out, which we haven't seen before. That is my guess for the week. Rachel's weekly inference. Um, so then we move on to the pool party scene and Connell and Marianne arrive together. And once again, Connell has pretty much nothing in common with the Trinity people Marianne hangs her out with. When they're arriving, they're kind of all in nice clothes at this party. And you can hear the background of the conversations where someone says, have you gone to Barcelona recently? And that's some like, it's just like a tiny little example that Connell has could not even um, 
Connell could not even participate in this conversation if he wanted to. Like, he's never traveled outside of Ireland. As far as we know, yeah. As far as we know, he's never traveled outside of Ireland. And I think it just shows, once again, that he kind of sticks with Marianne no matter where they're going because he has nothing in common to talk to these people with, you know? Mm-hmm. And then... Um, <laughs> Jamie. Uh, <laughs> I can't stand anything. I can't wait for him to be off the show. Hopefully uh, soon. He's literally uh, like such a little like as I said, weasel. Sorry, yeah. So then they're like going to go play a game in the pool, and Jamie's like, "No, Marianne, we'll, and I will sit out of sit out and just like watch." And like Marianne doesn't even bat an eye about it, but let her make her own decisions. This is like the third time. I know. No, I know. Doing what she potentially could have. And so then Connell goes to go play sports, which he's, I think he's comfortable in that setting because he's obviously like a sporty guy. Um, yeah. And I think also in many ways, I think partly the reason why Marianne doesn't kind of say anything about Jamie or never like stops him from talking for her or anything like that is because I don't think she finds him like very threatening. You know, he's like, He's not very big. He's pro- he's no. not very smart, I don't think. Like, especially in the book they talk about, he's not very smart. And, like, he's just kind of, like, a privileged, like, little boy kind of thing. So I don't think she finds him in many ways to be a huge threat. And I don't think that she feels like she's, like, within his power the same way that she feels with Connell. So I think yeah. for that reason, she's just, like... She doesn't even notice it, I think. She just goes along with whatever because she just doesn't really think much of him. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. And um, what does he... He asks her, do you think you're right for him? Yeah. I don't like how he poses that question because I don't know if he's kind of a... I don't know. For me, it kind of assumes that... Well, it shows that he, he thinks that he's right for her. Yeah, and it's kind of like Connell's better than you almost because mm-hmm. it's not, do you think he's right oh, for you as yeah. his own person? Do you think you're right for him? I don't think that's how he meant it, but definitely that's how, like, yeah, if we hear it as, like, audience, yeah, that's how so I've definitely, like, exactly. So everything he says I'm going to take as a path. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But, and uh, I, think, I think also that has to do a lot with the fact that, as I said, like, he's definitely, like, definitely privileged. And he's, I think, yeah. lived his whole life getting exactly what he wants. And he mm-hmm. wants Marianne. And he sees Connell in the way. And he doesn't think much of Connell because Connell doesn't have much money. So he thinks he can kind of just, like, move, like, push Connell. He doesn't respect Connell. And I really don't think he respects anyone. Um, and he sees Marianne. He wants Marianne. He just, he's going to do what he can do to get her. Like, literally in the book... Apparently, while Connell and Marianne were going out together, he texted um, Marianne one night and said, like, Connell's not good enough for you. You shouldn't be with him. He doesn't care about you enough. But literally, yeah. like, while they were together. And I wonder if maybe this, this line, because I don't think this happens in the book, and I think this line here is pretty much like, you know, like they've kind of taken – the idea of those that series of text messages and kind of fed it into this line. So then um, the next scene is Connell. It's kind of like almost this montage kind of thing of Connell looking mm-hmm. around the, the yard. Um, and there's like really like pretty music playing. And I think in many ways this 
kind of demonstrates like he's he's seeing the life that Marianne has allowed him and has opened him up to. It's a whole like new world that he would have never experienced if it wasn't for Marianne. And then he looks over at her. And I think in this scene, he has so much like appreciation and love for her for Mm -hmm. giving him this, this privilege, affording him this privilege without kind of expecting anything in return. You know, he's just, she just cares about him so much. So I think in this moment, he feels enough courage to like go over to her and ask if he can, can stay with her. And so he swims up to her and he puts his hand on her, her thigh and which is like showing like affection in public. And I think this is to demonstrate, like he's putting himself out there and he's, he's trying to show like, I I do love you. Like, I swear, like I I love you and I'm not, I'm not trying. Exactly. I'm not trying to take advantage of you. Like I'm not, trying to make you feel poorly about yourself. He really tries. And in this moment, you think that this is going to be a progression of their relationship. Yeah. Um, because you can, you can just feel like this moment between them, they lock eyes. You can just feel this mm-hmm. love and this connection. Yeah. Very similarly to like the end of last week's episode during that sex. And you can feel that like connection between them. But then mm-hmm. he tries He tries to get the words out to ask if he can stay with her, and he just can't do it. And then yeah. all of that moment slips away, and you can feel his face drop, and you can feel her. She feels the, the, him slipping away, and us as the audience feels feel this kind of this death almost. And yeah. in that moment, it, you almost feel like, their relationship is ended in that moment kind of thing. Well, this connection that they had, it's, it's been damaged. It's ended. It's no longer there in the same way. And we can even see Connell cry. And yes, he's obviously crying because he, he's upset that he can't bring himself to, to ask her. But I think he's also crying because he knows they've lost something between them. And you can see like the upset and hurt, just, I think real hurt in Marianne's eyes. Um, yeah, so there are definitely alters in this moment between the two of them. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. something that he wanted, but I don't know what did, what changed between them for it to happen. Mm-hmm. They've relationship once again. Yeah. You're trying and, to- yeah. Normally it would be for the good to be like a real couple and touching everything. Mm-hmm. But I think they realize as he does it, this has changed things. And how are we going to take the relationship to the next step mm. with these changes. Yeah, so then we are brought back to the beginning of the end, I guess, um, where Marianne is crying. She drops a glass in the sink. I wasn't quite sure what happened because at the beginning of the show, the glass is already broken in the sink. But here we see her drop it. Mm-hmm. Which is, I'm sure, like it was thrown or something. I don't know. Yeah, I went, no, I totally agree. Yeah. And you also hear like the door slam. Yeah. The door yeah. slams Marianne's standing there. And then she like does the crying and then drops the glass. And then you're kind of like brought back into. Yeah. And uh, let me see. She's just standing there like kind of almost in shock, I feel like. Yeah. So I don't know if Connell had said something going back to the culmination of events mm-hmm. with Connell. And then, okay. And then Connell's walking kind of fast-paced and upset from 
what just happened, which we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. So we're left on another cliffhanger this episode. Yeah. And I think in many ways, this episode mirrors Mm -hmm. episode three, which was kind of like the end of their relationship that built up within those three episodes. Um, And it, it ended with, it ended with Connell like walking up a sidewalk crying. So yeah, similar ending, but as well, I think one, two, and three, and four, five, and six definitely mirrored each other because one was like setting up, one and four were setting up like the new environments and introducing us to everything that was going on. Two was kind of like introducing their new relationship, and so was five. Mm-hmm. And then six was like full on relationship death of relationship kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see if the next six episodes follow this same pattern or if they take a life of their own. I had never want, I was so tempted to click next episode. I've, I've been good. I've been like, okay, that's it. I have to wait till next week. But this one, I was like this close to pressing next episode. I just wanted to know what happened, but I didn't. I was good guys. Saving it for you. It's definitely a binge-worthy show. Mm-hmm. I watched it the first time in, like, a day, I think. My mom finished it. Uh, well, they're only 30 minutes long. Exactly. It's a heavy show, though, to watch yeah. all at once. Like, it definitely, like, brings you down emotionally, I would say. Yeah. Because I, I personally, like, I don't know if it's, like, an empathy thing, but I find, like, when I watch shows, I definitely, or, like, books, I definitely, like, get wrapped up within, like, the own character's emotions kind yeah, of thing. Definitely and carry those for myself so Mm -hmm. I found definitely myself after watching normal people that like definitely feel like quite heavy and Mm -hmm. like just full of kind of like conflicting emotions yeah I think that is all we have to say for episode six Mm -hmm. um definitely left us off on a bit of a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. And uh, we can't wait for episode seven, start the second half of this series. Thank you so much for listening. Um, please follow us on Instagram uh, at the normal people pod. And uh, you can find that linked in the show notes as well. Please give us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all the announcements I have to add. Is there anything you want to say before we sign off? Thank you, everybody, for listening to these past episodes and continuing on this podcast journey for this episode. Can't wait to be back with you guys next week for episode seven. And have a great week, everyone. All right, I guess that's all. Bye. Yeah, bye.